Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about disasters. How do you prep for them, pay for them, and being prepared so you don't maybe have to pay for them. Joining me today is Catherine Fox. She is the Deputy Regional Director Administrator for FEMA in Region 8. So welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you very much for having me. I do want to talk about people may not understand that if they have suffered through a wildfire, that's bad enough. But the fire will take out all the shrubbery and trees and anything that helps prevent water from just rushing down a hillside. So they could be in store for a flood later on in their lives within a couple of years. So what are some of the things that people should do to prepare first for a wildfire, and if they miss that, a potential flood? So thank you so much for asking that question. One of the things that we've seen across the western part of the United States in the last several years um, is a greater number of wildfires um, and greater severity when they do happen. Uh, As you mentioned, one of the things that people don't often realize is that even after the fire is out, those areas downstream of the burn scars are at increased risk of flooding. And that that's not just immediately after the fire, but they can ha- face that increased risk for up to five years later. Um, so it's something that we really wanna make sure that people are aware of that increased risk. Um, it's often uh, a lot more severe than just a normal flood. It can take very little rain um, to cause a flood, to cause a mud flow. Um, because that vegetation has been burned, it's not there to absorb the liquid. Um, And uh, the uh, ground can be barren, unable to absorb water, um, and making sure that uh, people understand the increased risk of flood that they're facing. So what are some things that people should do to prevent areas around them from burning in a wildfire? Or can they? I mean, if you have some of these devastating wildfires like we've seen in the last few years, is there actually anything people can do? Yeah, so a lot of things that uh, we we would want to recommend that people do is just understand the risk that they face. Um, you know, there there's a number of different preparedness actions they can take, um, making sure that you are synced up with whatever alerts happen in your community. So knowing that uh, where you can get that information, um, being ready to evacuate if you see that. Um, and then one of the things that we also want to do well in advance of any disaster happening um, is understanding that risk. Talk to your insurance agent. Um, And one of the things that people don't often realize is that most homeowners insurance, most renters insurance doesn't actually include flood coverage. Um, Only one inch of water can cause roughly uh, $25,000 of damage to a home. So it really doesn't take much uh, to cause that significant investment uh, in in flood recovery. Uh, But one of the things that people can do um, is reach out to their insurance agent Um, and learn more about flood coverage. Uh, They can also go to floodsmart.gov and find out what opportunities are available 
um, to be able to get uh, flood insurance to protect their home, protect their family, and protect their investment. Floodsmart.gov. That's the website? Yes. www.floodsmart.gov. It has a ton of information about different insurance companies uh, that offer flood insurance um, and can also hook you up with more information about where the flood risk is greatest, uh, what sort of coverage that you can get through the flood insurance program, um, what kind of uh, content coverage there could be, what kind of structural coverage you can have. Um, And it it really is a a great starting point. There's a big blue button um, on that website uh, that says learn more information about where to get insurance. What about insurance for fire? I mean, I assuming if I had a fire in my home, like I left the stove on or something like that and it caught fire, that would be covered under my homeowner's insurance. But what about natural disaster wildfire? So most homeowner's insurance coverage is going to cover that wildfire damage. Um, but again, I think that's why it's so important uh, for people right now uh, in this season Uh, to make sure that they understand what that risk is and what their coverage entails. Um, You know, a lot of times what we see is that people may have uh, fire covered through their homeowner's insurance policy, but it may not be enough, especially uh, if they uh, got that that insurance policy uh, many years back, um, making sure that they are fully covered. Um, We see issues with underinsurance all the time after natural disasters. Um, So really want to encourage people to to reach out to their insurance agent, uh, to go through their coverage uh, with that agent, make sure that, you know, if you've had major changes to your home, maybe you've done an expansion or something like that, uh, that you have coverage that's sufficient to protect your investment. Um, And then also while you're doing that, again, the vast majority of of insurance uh, does not cover the flood peril. So making sure that you ask your insurance agent about flood coverage, you may find out that uh, you are not necessarily in what we would consider a high risk area for flood insurance. Um, But uh, one of the things that we have learned that I've been surprised to learn through our data, 40% of the flood insurance claims that we see are outside that special flood hazard area. Uh, So you don't actually even need to be near water to flood. So 99% of counties um, across the United States have been impacted by a flood disaster over the last 25 years. Wow. So that's pretty much the entire country. (laughs) Anywhere it rains, it can flood. Right. Um, We know we're seeing increased severity of rainstorms. We're seeing that right now in California. Um, And that's going to be that flood damage can be even worse in areas that are seeing the increased wildfires as well. And we have a very unusual situation here in Utah with flooding. We've had so much rain here this winter and snow, and then the temperatures warm up just enough to melt the snow, but it's actually increased the groundwater level. And we have several neighborhoods that the groundwater is seeping up into their basements, in the cracks of their basements. So they're getting two to three inches of water in the basement, not because a river flooded or a sewer backed up, it's actual groundwater seeping up into their houses. So I think, again, as we're seeing this more intense disaster storms, that is why it is so important for people to understand what their risk looks like. Um, You know, as they're seeing more and more uh, groundwater flooding, for example, um, they need to understand that, um, you know, one of the the best ways to protect their home investment um, is to look into that, that flood insurance policy and see what the coverage is like. Um, you know, I don't think that that our disaster picture is getting any better. 
Uh, we are seeing those more intense storms. We're seeing greater numbers of, of wildfires. Um, and so just making sure that that people are doing everything they can um, to, to understand and protect their investment. Um, you know, FEMA will come in after a major disaster. But in many cases, when we're seeing uh, you know, disasters impact neighborhoods, uh, that might not rise to the level of a FEMA disaster declaration. So that's why it's so important for homeowners uh, to protect themselves by having adequate insurance. Aside from insurance, are there things that people can do around their houses and in their houses to help protect against fires or flooding? Yeah, so I think that one of the things that uh, we would recommend, there's a lot of tips on that at FEMA.gov. Uh, for how to know what your risk is um, and how to try to address that risk. Um, you know, one of the things would be to clear out any excess vegetation um, that's around your home, um, making sure that, that uh, you know, see people all through the fall clearing out the, the leaves and the pine needles and that sort of thing. Um, just making sure that if you've got things that are uh, are flammable like that, um, that, that they are, uh, you have at least that five foot barrier um, where you don't have that vegetation so close to your home. Um, also, just looking at, you know, there are, are structural considerations that, that people can do, you know, waterproofing a basement um, to try to protect against flood risk if you are seeing that, that repeated flooding. Um, and again, uh, your local emergency manager is going to have a lot of the tips that are more specific to the risks in your area. Um, but there's a ton of information based on the different hazards um, available at FEMA.gov. Sounds like people need to do their homework and maybe do some fixing up in and around their houses. Uh, one last thing, if I, for whatever reason, I don't have flood insurance or thought, oh, it won't happen to me, and then a wildfire happens, can I sign up for flood insurance right after that, assuming that I may get a flood within the next few years? So flood insurance policies are going to take about 30 days to go into effect. Um, so we encourage people not to wait. Um, reach out to your insurance agents and look at what your options are. You know, if you are you have gotten through a, a wildfire, um, and that's a good time to really reevaluate what risks you're facing. Um, then you could get your flood insurance uh, coverage within the next couple of weeks. Um, we are seeing that increased risk for years to come. So whether it's uh, before a disaster happens, after a disaster happens, it's always a good in time to always a good time to figure out how to protect your investment. Thank you so much, Catherine Fox. Again, you are the Deputy Regional Director Administrator for FEMA in Region 8. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately... We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, 
and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.